game. I know we all get to spend a lot of time with people. In my job, I get to spend maybe more so than the normal amount of people would. And I get to be with people through a lot of different things, through some of the highs of life and the lows of life. I have gotten to be with a spouse as she held her hand while her husband breathed her last breath. I've gotten to hold the, the, the child that was born stillborn of a teenage mother who one day the baby was alive and the next day when it was scheduled to be born, it was no longer. I got to be with her. I've got to be with a lot of people through sicknesses. There's something profound when you are with somebody in the hard times in life. And there's something just as profound when you get to be with them in the joyous times. And when you get to celebrate weddings and baptisms and birthdays. I've got to be with the family members when they hear the news that, from the doctor that it is good news. With is a powerful, a powerful word. Now being with somebody doesn't just happen in the major life events. It happens in the everyday, in, in the mundane if you listen carefully, when, a movie, when in a movie theater and somebody's phone rings, you might hear, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm with my friend in a movie. You may have heard a, a friend or, or somebody say, yeah, the other night I just, I just spent time with my family watching mindless television. I've got a friend who told me the other day, I, I go on a walk every day with my daughter just to connect. There's something powerful about being with somebody. When you're truly with them, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, there's greatness in that. And over the next 14 weeks, we are going to be intentionally spending time with Jesus. Now, I know for most of you, you've grown up in the church, and and you may be saying, James, I already have a daily quiet time. I already have a devotional time where I spend time with Jesus. And I would applaud you for that. And I would push you and say that for the next 14 weeks, let's be even more purposeful. Let's, when we are with Jesus, try and imagine what he would have seen. Let's try and imagine what he would have smelled. Let's try and think through what he would have heard and felt as he walked the roads of of Galilee. Now, one way that we're going to encourage you to do this is to slow down. Now, perhaps that means giving something up. Maybe. Perhaps it means adding something. I don't know what slowing down might mean for you. But to do this, to be fully with Jesus, we must be bought in all the way, body, mind, and soul. Now, one of the ways we're going to do this as a church is we're going to journey together with Jesus in Scripture. And as you came in, you got a little bookmark. You'll notice that it's got a day and it's got verses on it. We're encouraging you guys to read those verses every day. Um, if, if it's too much, just read the gospel text because that's where you'll most experience being with Jesus. My hope is that as a church, as we're setting time aside each day to read this, that we will truly experience what it's like to be with Jesus. Now, I understand that not everybody uses books, so they might not all use bookmarks. Um, if you do use bookmarks, we'll give you one every Sunday. Uh, if you miss a Sunday or if you don't use books, all these verses are on our website online. Now, if you don't know where our website is, 
Do you have a cell phone? Because we can also get you to send a little text, and we will text you every day with the verses that we'll be, uh, that we'll be reading. That makes sense? So three different ways. You've got a bookmark that you can have in your Bible. You can actually go onto the website every day, and it's laid out under Journey with Jesus. You can't miss it. Or we'll, uh, we'll tell you Sunday, because I forgot to put the slide up, of who to text, and then it's an automatic text you get once a, once a day, and it'll send you a link. So with Jesus. Make sense? The two prescribed texts that were given for the Ash Wednesday service are found in the Old Testament book of Joel and in the Gospel of Matthew. And I've asked Scott and Christy to read those. They're going to read them from the back. So just go ahead and listen to the texts that were given for tonight. From, from Joel chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, then 12 through 17. Sound the alarm in Jerusalem. Raise the battle cry on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. Verse 12. That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer again get grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Let them... Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, has the God of Israel left them? Matthew 6, 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting 
but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thank you, guys. That was Joel chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to say what Pastor Ron Miller said just about every Sunday that I was on sabbatical that he preached. Those were the texts given to me. (laughs) Granted, I picked those, that theme. So when you hear those, it's like, what do we, wow, what do we do with those? And my, my initial thoughts after the first reading or two was, well, this is an Ash Wednesday service, and, and we always talk about giving things up, so I, I, I'll talk about that. I mean, both texts mentioned fasting. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 says, come with fasting and weeping and mourning. And, and Matthew 6, uh, 16 says, when you fast, not if, but when. So initially I thought, okay, that's the direction that I'll go. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'll encourage everybody to think of something they need to give up. And, and then we'll say, give it up and yay, go people. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's, that's not what we should talk about tonight. And really it was a prompting from, from God. It was, no, look again and again. Now read it again. And I heard him ask, where's your heart? Where's your heart that's in here? Where is your heart? Yes, the the Joel text, if you caught it, begins with a sense of urgency. It's talking about the the day of the Lord coming in. It's talking about fear and trembling. And and the verse says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there's still time. So there's this sense of, oh, we've got to do something. But that verse follows with, give me your hearts. That is why the Lord said, turn to me while there is still time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Where's your heart? I heard Jesus asking. Give me your heart. Don't don't just tear outwardly. Don't just give something up outwardly. But there be a tearing inwardly. Now, it it could be that for a lot of people, when they hear a a text like that in Joel, they start thinking, the day of the Lord, it's coming, we should be fearing, we should be trembling, and why why would I want to give my heart to a God like that? That's what a lot of people who aren't familiar with, with God might think. This is a God of vengeance, a God of wrath. And yet, what does God say right after this? He says, don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead, Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. Merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love. Have our hearts gotten to a place where we have forgotten this God? Where is your heart? interesting because in the gospel passage, I heard Jesus asking that same thing, though we may not have heard it audibly. We could look at the text that Christy read and we can say, wow, that could be broken up into four different sermons. And it could be a, a sermon on Jesus teaching the crowds about giving to the needy. 
There's another sermon about him teaching the crowds about prayer and another one about teaching the crowds how to fast and another one about teaching on money. But did you notice that in each of those situations, Jesus says, wait, wait, when you do this, don't let people see. Don't let people know what you're giving. Don't let people know when you're praying. Don't put on your shirt, iron it, comb your hair, go out, don't let them know that you're fasting. If others, if others don't know when you give or pray or fast, then who knows? God and you. And if you're giving without notice, if you're praying without notice, if you are fasting without notice, then it's between you and God and there's really quickly comes a heart check of where is my heart in this? Verse 21, the last verse in that passage, we know this, Pat, we, we know this verse. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasures is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I have always taken that just in the concepts of, of verse 19 and 20 when Jesus is talking about money. I have subsectioned it out as that's what he's, 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 he's just talking about that. But if we put it in context of all the other things he said in that same chapter, it very much applies. If our heart's desire is the praise we get from giving generously, then people's praises will be all the reward we will get. If our heart's desires is for people to be impressed with lengthy prayers with big churchy words in them, then their impressedness How's that for a not big or churchy word? Their impressedness will be all the reward you will get. If your desire, your heart's desire during this Lenten season when you give up 18 different things and you tell everybody that you gave up 18 different things, if your desire is for them to, to be so impressed with, with the depth of your spiritual devoutness, that is all the reward that you're going to get. God said in Joel, he said, give me your hearts. Give me your hearts. Yes, fast. Yes, mourn. Yes, weep. But tear your hearts instead. Where is your heart? I think that's the question that Jesus was asking me. I think that's the question he's asking us. And I think he wants us to wrestle with that during this Lenten journey, during this process that we're on, on the way to the cross and the resurrection. Now, a, a question like this is often a question we'll ask as we take communion. We encourage people to come and take communion with the right heart, with the right attitude, the right heart posture. In just a moment, we are going to take communion together. Um, Elena and Jason will be serving it. Uh, one will stand here, the other will stand there. Um, it is through, here's a churchy word, be impressed, intinction, also known as rip and dip, okay? That's how we'll be serving communion tonight, intinction. So they'll be serving on each side. And when you're done taking the, the, the practical side of things, I want to encourage you, um, don't kick Dick's foot. That's the first encouragement, okay? But we will come up through the center Take communion, and then you guys will come back here while, where I will impart, where I'll mark your 
head with a cross. And again, saying, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And then once you've got that, you can return along the outsides. That should help the flow. And uh, I'll tell you right now, we're going to be taking communion together over the next six weeks. So you guys get to make sure people on Sunday know how this works. So some ways you're guinea pigs. So we're going we're gonna to be taking communion. Um, we're going to be having the ashes imparted on us. And we want us to do it with the right heart attitude. So again, I'm going to ask Tim and Stacia to come forward. They're going to play just a couple of moments while we, while we ask God, how is our heart? And if you're in a good place with God, if your heart's in the right place, praise be to God. If you realize that there's something you need to confess to him, do so. And praise be to God. So we'll take just a couple of moments with them quietly playing, not singing the next song yet, but quietly playing. And then I will uh, introduce communion, pray for it. I'll I'll have Jason and Elena come up. And then when you're ready, you guys can come up. So again, just a couple of moments to ask God, how is it with my heart? Where is my heart? the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it, blessed it. He told his disciples, this is my body. Take this in remembrance of me. Now in the same way, he took a cup. He encouraged his disciples to take it. He blessed it. And he said, this cup represents a new covenant between you and God. Represents the forgiveness of of sins. We take this tonight because Jesus told us to, to remember that. And we take it out of hearts in the right place. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your sacrifice. 
thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your shed blood. And we thank you that you went through all that so that we wouldn't have to. And yet, Lord, tonight, even as we partake in this, I ask that you would give us just a hint, just a hint of what it would have been like to be with you that night. God, I imagine as a disciple, we would have been confused. We would have wondered why you were saying such things. We would have known it wasn't the first time we were confused. Somehow, you would have made it clear. God, help us to experience what one of those with you would have experienced as we take communion tonight. We pray your blessing on both the bread and the juice. We pray this in Jesus' name.